Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. We continue our look at the Sermon on the Bread of Life this morning. But in particular, we look at the rejection of Jesus in John chapter 6, verse 41 to 58. John chapter 6, verse 41 to 58. The Jews then complained about him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up the last day. It is written in the prophets, And they shall all be taught by God. Therefore everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of our Lord. As I said, we continue our look at the sermon on the bread of life this morning. The last time we let off with Jesus telling the crowd about the bread of life. And of course, the crowd wants this bread. So Jesus says, I am this bread. And our scripture lesson can be divided really into three distinct sections this morning. First, we see the initial reaction of the crowd. And then we hear Jesus' response to their reaction. And then thirdly, Jesus simply reiterates the message once again. So let's start with the crowd's reaction. The New American Standard Bible, which happens to be uh, a little more of a literal translation uh, from the original text into our English language, it says the Jews were grumbling. I think the New New King James said murmuring. But did you know that grumbling is really an offense to God? Because it shows a lack of trust in God when you grumble. Think back to the time that the Israelites spent in the wilderness or in the desert. 
Exodus chapter 16, verse 2, says the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. See, they were faced with scarce resources out there. They're in the wilderness, the desert. And they desired the things that they had back in Egypt. Yes, we were oppressed in Egypt. We were slaves. We had to work hard. But you know what? We had our homes. We had our families there. And we had a a kind of predictable lifestyle. We had food. So they were grumbling because, hey, Moses and Aaron, you took us out of our homes, and now here we are, trapped out in the middle of nowhere. We don't have much food. We're running out of water and food. And, and they were grumbling. But they weren't grumbling against Moses and Aaron. Sure, that's who it was directed at. But they were really grumbling against God because they were not trusting in God. Even though God had provided water for them, Moses struck the rock and water came out. Now they were running out of food. They grumbled about the water. Moses struck the rock, got water. Now they started running out of food, so they started grumbling about food. Rather than going to God and saying, Lord, we need food. Provide us with something to eat. Rather than do that, they grumbled. And of course, as we know, God provided them the bread from heaven, the manna. And a little while after that, okay, we've got our water now, we've got uh, we've got our bread we're eating, but you know what? This bread's getting kind of old. We eat the same thing all the time. How about some meat? We want some real food. So they started grumbling again. Rather than ask God, say, "We thank you for this food that you've given us, but a little variety might be nice." They grumbled. And of course, Moses, Moses each time, he went to God and asked for water. He went to God and asked for food, uh, for the bread. And then uh, they got the, the meat, they got the, the, the bird, the quail. But the thing was, the Jews as a group were having this negative attitude in general. And they expressed it toward Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, the leaders were obeying God's commands. So they weren't trusting their lives to God. And unfortunately, that's a common practice for many of us today, too. We don't uh, ever admit or say, oh, we're grumbling against God. But we say, you know, maybe we're rather, we're, we're grumbling against the teacher. Oh, the teacher's no good. Or maybe we're grumbling against our boss. They always give us the hard assignments. Maybe we're grumbling against our doctor. Oh, I, I pay $200 to see the doctor and they're only in there for five minutes. And all they do is look at me and say, oh, you're okay. Or whoever it is, we're grumbling against someone. But we're not grumbling against God, are we? Well, as this scripture tells us, if we're grumbling against God's representatives, if we're grumbling against his people, God takes it personally. And it's like we're grumbling against him. And if we reject God's people, we're rejecting God. And as we know, those Israelites wandered around in the desert because they rejected God. And so they weren't able to enter the promised land. Moses even screwed up. 
He wasn't able to enter the promised land. But God still provided for them. But they were punished. And as we move back to the Gospel of John here, we see the Jews, you know, several hundred years later, doing the same thing. Actually, several thousand years later, doing the same thing. They're grumbling. They're rejecting the authority that God has sent. They're rejecting Jesus. Not only Jesus as uh, a, a great prophet and a leader, but Jesus as God. See, they are rejecting God himself. And they reject him because Jesus equated himself with God. The crowd kind of said, wait a second. Don't we know your father and mother, Joseph and Mary? Don't we know them? How can you be God if your father and mother, Joseph and Mary? That's what essentially they were saying. And many people today reject Jesus as well. After the crowd rejects Jesus by claiming he is, you're just another man like us. We know your parents. We saw you growing up. We know who you are. Jesus then rebukes the crowd. And verse 44 tells us, starts off with his rebuke. Tells us that we cannot come to Jesus unless God draws us. Well, that's great. How does God draw us to him then? Jesus explains that in verse 44, which is actually a paraphrase of uh, Isaiah 54. He tells us, And that shall be taught of God. Anyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. So how does God draw us to him? God draws us to him through teaching. Through what we learn about him. Where do we learn that? We learn that from his word. Hopefully as we're older and we're able, we study his word. And God draws us to him. Obviously, children would have you know, a much more difficult time trying to read through, you know, especially a New King James Version of the Bible or something like that. So they need to be taught by you know, a parent, Sunday school teacher, or something like that. And that's kind of really uh, has always been the, the goal of, of, of my ministry, so to speak, is to simply teach more than, let me say, preach. You know, I, uh, as I mentioned, I have the Bible study there at Strongstown Church in the, in the fall and the spring. And it's more of teaching. And that's sometimes why my sermons kind of sound more like lectures. Because it is just teaching the Word. As opposed to taking the Scripture and many pastors kind of uh, make stories out of things. And a lot of times they inject their own opinions into things. Which may be valid but I have always preferred just to teach the Word so you can understand it. And we all have particular knowledge of the Bible. We obviously need to know what it says. And if we learn what it says and we understand it and obey it, it will lead us to Him. And it's just not an understanding of you know, I'm going to study the Bible like a textbook for the quiz. You know, it's not like that. Because there are many scholars that 
that know this Bible inside and out. They have the whole thing memorized. But they don't believe it. They don't obey it. So our hearts and our minds must be open to receive the Word of God. Not just to to read it and understand it from an intellectual level, but to read it and understand it on a level of coming to God in obedience through His Word. We plant the Word of God in our hearts and we obey it. We live it. And as we do this, we'll learn to live in this difficult, ungodly world. Now, whenever people people see this, that God uh, draws people to Him, it kind of leads into uh, a thought that God will save who He wants to save, and there's nothing we can do about that. Sometimes people uh, refer to it as like predestination. Well, God's going to save me if He's going to save me. I can do nothing about it. And there are many churches, denominations that, that follow that type of of logic. But I always think back to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22. He says, Many are called, but few are chosen. So who are called? Many. Who are chosen? A few. Why only a few that are chosen? Why only a few respond? Because the many that are called, we must respond, believe in Him, study His Word, obey His Word. See, no one has ever been saved without submitting to the will of God. When we hear, even today, but it probably started 20 years ago, the idea of the easy believism, where you can come... To Christ, you can come to God without really changing your life. You can still be the same person you were, but maybe just show up to church every Sunday and you're in good shape. That's not the case. As you come to Christ, you will want to change your life. You'll want to obey His, His Word. You won't want to do the old things that you used to do before. You've been given a new life. Many are called, and that's our that's our goal is to get out there and to present the gospel to many people so they can hear it, so they can have faith. But only a few will respond to that. Jesus, after he said this, he finished his teaching by reiterating what he had just said once again. And the words are shocking to the Jews. Eating flesh and drinking blood. No doubt the crowd gasped and came into an uproar and started arguing among themselves and turning against Jesus. Because the crowd was taking Jesus' words literally once again. Now we know that Jesus was not cannibal, as we would call him today. He was not talking about actually, you know, cutting his wrist open or something and actually having the people drink blood or 
cutting an organ open or whatever and, and eating his body. He was referring to, as we know, his sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. Jesus voluntarily laid his life down for the sins of the world. And as we come each month to the front of the church and celebrate the Lord's Supper and commune together, that is what we are to remember. We are to remember the, the voluntary sacrifice that Christ did for us, that he laid his life down for us on the cross. And that's how we're to live our life each and every day. We're to trust in Jesus with our lives and live like him. We're to live for him. And our lives can show our love for God. And it will show how much we trust in him. Do we walk with Jesus? Do we talk with Jesus? Do we live our lives like we love Him? Do we live our lives like He loves us? Do we work for Jesus while knowing that we can also rest in Jesus? Those are some things to think about this week. Especially if we find ourselves grumbling about something. Remember that if we're grumbling against people who he sent to be in your life, then you're grumbling against God. The same with situations. While this particular scripture deals with uh, you know, grumbling against people, the same thing with situations. God is in control of our lives. He's in control of this world. Sure, he allows things to happen, but all the blessings come from him but he also allows the curses to happen. He allows temptations to happen. He allows it to do one of two things. One, to either strengthen us, to strengthen our trust in him, or two, to show to the world that we are not really his followers. And it depends upon the way we act and react the situation we're in. So this week, rather than grumbling against God and the things He's provided for you, we can thank God. And even though we don't know how to get out of the situation we're in, just say, Lord, open my eyes and see me through this. I trust in You and I believe in You. Let's not be like that crowd that was around Jesus. Let's not be like the Israelites out in the, the desert, in the wilderness. Let's not be like the world. Let's be like Christ. Be like Jesus. And feed on Him the bread of life. Let's close with a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. It is filled with so many important truths that we cannot begin to even comprehend it all. And we pray that Your Spirit will teach us. Help us to trust You with our lives and not grumble about the situations that we are in. We pray this morning for those to whom Your Spirit speaks. 
those who are being drawn by the Father. Lord, if any heart here is being drawn, let this be the day that they say in faith, Lord Jesus, I come. I want you to take my life, make it yours, forgive my sin. Let this be that day for them. This we pray in your Son's precious name. Amen.